but I picture your dog Isla just commenting on how beautiful she is all the time. All she's doing, feed me, feed me, feed me. I'm beautiful. <laughs> and then there's a, a broken like sign language pad. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. And we're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome everyone to episode three. Um, today we're going to cover a few things like clutter and like a few um, maternity apps or I guess uh, parenting apps that we know of. Uh, but first, I thought we should update everyone on our on our baby statuses, on the little nice. fetus statuses that we have. So Mark, you had an appointment recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. We went on Tuesday. Um, I say we, I mean, I sat in the car and my mm-hmm. wife went inside and had an appointment. But it went pretty well. At that point, we were at, uh, I think that was exactly 19 weeks. And cool. so they did the ultrasound, and we were really hopeful that we were going to get the gender at that point. But we did not. They uh, <clears throat> they told us the baby was kind of in the wrong position, hmm. and uh, so it was a little bit hard to say, to see. They said they they kind of think it's a it's a boy. Oh yeah. But they're not exactly sure just because, you know, it could be umbilical cord and mm. they don't want to make a make us think one thing and then come back in the next couple of weeks and it's something else. Yeah. What um what we learned in that process was that if it's uh if it's a girl then there's like some uncertainty because they say, well, it could be a boy, but he could be obscuring or the position's not right. But then yeah. if they come out and say, it's a boy, it's like, oh yeah, we know for sure it's a boy. We have seen the evidence and it's a boy. Yeah. And they they gave us a recording of the whole ultrasound thing. I don't know if they do this for you when you guys go, Justin, but we get it on a little USB drive at the end. Yeah, we um i think i might have mentioned yeah they uh my wife will go and just take a video on her phone of the ultrasound so like video Uh, of a screen and it's always pretty clear it's pretty fine so but we don't get like the original file or anything we get we get both moe does the video as well just in case because we had a hiccup one time where they just messed up the file Mm -hmm. but they also this time it was good and they did give us a file and so I was, <laughs> I had this thing afterwards and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to figure this out. I can see this thing and I'm going back and forth. And I was like, is this a story I want to tell my kids later when they're older? I was like, I spent like a good half an hour trying to find your junk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's always good for a story. But um, then you realize, oh, this is one of the things that will shame and enrage my child when he's like yeah. 12 or 13 years old and this story comes up again. Yeah, maybe. So if they ever listen back to this, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, I might have told this in a previous episode. We've had you know a total of three episodes now, and I'm losing track of what's been said and what's not been said. But with us, it was really funny. Uh, it's going to be a boy, by the way. Um, it was really right. funny because the the child was in perfect position and proudly showing the fact that he was a boy. And oh. so there was no doubt about it whatsoever. And every single time we've done an ultrasound, it's been that same case. It's like, looky here, everybody. It's like, <laughs> it's so obvious. But the child um, consistently covers his face up with his hands. And so, uh, you know, they can do 
what they call a 4D pick, which is like some special cool oh, ultrasound. Yeah. And you get sort of like the, you know, the look of the face or something. It's very detailed. But we cannot get one of those because the kid's hands are always like pressed up against his face or he's covering his face with his arms or something. So he's we cannot shy. see the face. Yeah, he's a shy <laughs> boy, but like south of the equator, he is letting it all hang out. He's proud of it. But the um, the nurse uh, on that first appointment now, I guess it's been a, a month or two ago when they um, confidently said, oh, this is going to be a boy. Uh, it was very strange because the nurse said uh, she was like, oh, here's the here's the butt. And, you know, my wife's videotaped this. So I'm hearing the, the nurse's explanation. Here's the butt. And she's like circling it with the cursor. She's like, oh, and here's the uh, here's the left leg. Good, good. Oh, here's the right leg. And um, there's something, it uh, seems like he has something, something's there, but she wouldn't <laughs> come out and say it. And I don't know if this is a modesty on the part of the nurse or if this is like, maybe they don't want to just tell you, they want you to have the enjoyment of discovering it for yourself. Um, hmm. But uh, they wouldn't actually say, they would just like sort of circle on the screen with the cursor and then let you draw your own conclusions. But uh, yeah, we we finally realized, oh, yes, we get it. It was a boy. I'm yeah. a little surprised they didn't come up with a different word for it altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the <laughs> Japanese that they used in that moment was um, arimas, arimas, which means <laughs> in English just, uh, oh, it has or have. It's just the verb have. So something is being had. Yep. There is yep. some object here that is had. And uh, it's just the most vague way of saying like, hey, that's a boy it's there. It's look at there. Look at those balls and penis. And they they wouldn't come out with it. I'll be sure to ask Moe when she goes next time, because I'm 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 fairly certain they'll be able to tell one way or another in the next, I think, three weeks when she goes back. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask her to look out for that and, and see how they how they say it. Yeah, so they it could. I bet it's just down to the nurse, and uh, it's probably how this nurse handles it. It could be kind of a cool thing, you know, like let the mother do the discovery herself. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that might be nice, nice little bit of bedside manner. You could have a nurse who's just like, oh yeah, totally boy. Later, you know, it could be <laughs> as simple as all that. Yeah, very true. But um, yeah, we're at um, twenty six weeks, I believe, <clears throat> right now, and then the uh, we've known it. It was going to be a boy, I mean, for at least, I would say, a couple of months now. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it. I think you told me about it a, a while ago. We're we're at 19 weeks and three days now, mm-hmm. so I feel like we're right about that point where we should be finding out. Yeah. But I guess it was just a little too soon and a bad position. Um, we had uh, an appointment ourselves uh, just a few days ago, and um, it's one of those sort of like no news is good news. Uh, for podcasting purposes, there's not a lot to report, but everything's like, you know, developing well. Everything that they track, like the weight and the amount of fluids and all this, they said these are good. And um, there was really uh, nothing much to report other than like, clean bill of health so that was nice that's always good to hear though in that area no news is the best news do you want to uh get on into a couple of segments here yeah so we wanted to talk about cluttering and kind of piggyback on the planning that we talked about a bit last week but get a little bit more into the weeds in it yeah so clutter i'm sure you've got some strong opinions on this or that you've noticed it um and uh 
it's just basically that in Japan, the standard of the house is cluttered. And it's just like culturally, people aren't afraid to pile up a bunch of boxes in the living room and just live this way. And there are people yeah. like this in the US, but I think it's more of a norm in the US. And maybe it's a space thing that's <laughs> just, you know, houses are, are bigger and broader and everything. Uh, a broad house does that make sense houses are more spacious that's a that's a stout house there it's a stout house <laughs> oh boy um it's big boned um but they have uh there's just more closet space there are basements there yeah. are attics and you can tuck things away and my wife always says this that when she goes into an american house she's like oh, it looks like it's in a magazine like everything's just in the right place and clean and there's so much room and uh, in Japan, I mean, a lot of it is down to houses are built sort of on narrow plots of land. So you've got tight rooms, tight hallways, not a lot of storage. And then you just pile up all your crap. I think more than just that, though, I think houses in Japan are kind of designed for summer mostly. So they don't have a lot of nooks and crannies where mold can go. Mm. And I think people have just like become accustomed to keeping stuff out. So it doesn't get moldy and then it's always just there. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it. And we've talked about this before that um, it's very interesting that kind of the Japanese aesthetic in like, you know, presenting food, for example, or a piece of art maybe is like often very minimalist and very pure and simple colors and like, uh, like this elegant design. And it just fully runs counter to what you encounter in, in a lot of Japanese homes, at least by sort of the Western standard. Yeah, for sure. So clutter is kind of the norm. So then the worry is you're about to have a kid and you're about to receive, I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of new things, be they sort of pieces of clothes or toys or books or whatever it is. And uh, then the clutter seems inevitable. So do you yeah. have any strategies or what do you think it'll be like at your house? Um, I do, I have a couple strategies for this and most of them involve building closets and building new storage areas into my house. We recently renovated our house and I, I intentionally left the guest slash kid bedroom a little bare. I didn't put any closets in it. I didn't put any chest of drawers or anything because I didn't know how the space would ultimately be used or what I wanted to do with that. And so now that we do have a kid coming and I can kind of see the the items that they're going to get, the toys, the clothes, I can kind of better visualize what kind of storage I want. So yeah, I'll definitely be building more more storage into that room. And then downstairs, we're going to put in a, a couple like changing station and that kind of thing. So we'll have sections that are for decluttering, but I think ultimately it's just going to add to it and we will... It'll look a little busier let's backtrack a little bit and um flesh out your house a little bit more because you took the uh like kind of the unconventional route of buying a home you bought a it was officially a machia right which is sort of a no no oh, not, not a machia. machia uh just an akia which yeah okay. loosely translates to just unoccupied house mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think it's abandoned but well i guess in a sense it's abandoned but the owner just didn't know what to do with it, was living in another house and just had it there. So it was kind of well maintained, but it was nobody had been living in it for like 12 years, I think. Wow. And yeah. the house that you got, it's out in sort of the countryside. I mean, especially by Japanese standards, um, yeah. it's the countryside. Yeah, definitely. Right behind my house is a rice field. On another side of my house is a rice field. And I have like 
two neighbors, but they're not close at all. Yeah, it really, to me, uh, I've been to your house several times and it puts me in mind of sort of the like the countryside in Kentucky where I'm from, where you it's like, you know, just dotted with houses, but mostly field out there. It's that yeah. kind of a vibe. It's a far cry yeah. from the big city life that you picture yeah, in Japan a lot of the time. But uh, it, the house that you got was enormous. What was the initial um like sort of uh, classification of the house, like an 8DK or something like that? Uh, 11DK. Wow. So uh, for people yeah. who don't know the Japanese um, method of measuring a house, that's like 11 rooms plus a dining room and a kitchen. Yeah, but I should kind of clarify that. When they count rooms, there's literally no hallways between them. In most mm. of the cases, the rooms they're counting are essentially the hallways. So okay. we would have on the first floor, we had what they counted as i think it was seven on the first yeah seven on the first floor but along one path there was just like four rooms lined up that you could just easily look at and go oh that's a room but they're like mm -hmm. no no there's a divider that's two rooms yeah and maybe you could like pop some doors like some paper doors in between yeah and then that yeah. would yeah divide them into technically two rooms but yeah. the um the 11 dk is uh I mean, just like square footage wise, it's pretty, pretty massive. And you guys went in and gutted it down to practically just a skeleton, right? And then sort of remodeled it to, you know, totally yeah. redesigned the layout and everything. Yeah, I had a ton of fun destroying that house. I had mm -hmm. maybe six months before we even found a renovation company to come in. We had gotten one of those giant dumpsters delivered to our land. And I was just like breaking walls, throwing it out the window. And then eventually I just had it where it was just basically poles holding up the house. And it was kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Then they have even the building company came in and sort of put some bracing in. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The renovation guy came in, he looked at it and he's like, Oh no, this is unsafe. He's like, <laughs> he's like, we hadn't even hired him at this point, but he came in and he's like telling his workers, he's like, uh, put some bracing over here, put some <laughs> bracing over here. This house is going to fall down. <laughs> and now so, you have built back better and here. Yeah. And <laughs> you've got like a lovely home and Thank you. uh, you've really designed it like, you know, I mean, it's wonderful. It's a great, great place. Thanks. And, um, so when you say like about the kids room that you'll build extra closets or build storage, you really mean you're going to get in there and put up new walls and, and build things physically to the house. Yeah, I have a, I have a plan to maybe build a wall to divide the guest slash kids room if we have more kids and if they feel like more privacy later on. But right now, it's just like a giant room that's open. It's great that you have the um, ability to do it. I have no such luck in this house. Uh, I just rent this house. So obviously, right. I'm not going to do any massive renovations. We're always on the house hunt. We've been looking for a house for two years, and that's a totally separate story. But um, we would like to move into another place. So we've got a lot of uh, a lot of things are up in the air. You know, do you really plan a baby room in the house that you're trying to move out of and hoping to move out of before the baby even arrives. So right. we've kind of got like one foot in this house and one foot out the door. But um, we, uh, yeah, so it's it's hard to make such plans like what you guys have going on. So I think our, well, our plan right now is just absorb all of the stuff that's coming our way, like baby clothes wise and baby gear wise, and then uh, kind of pile it up in the traditional mm. Japanese household style and then at the next place that's really our home we will 
sort it out and organize it better then. Does the uh, the house you're in right now have a, have a lot of closet space in it? I know some places have those big futon closets. Yeah, we have a, a fair amount of closets, I would say. It's adequate. So it doesn't have to like overflow into the room, whatever you're getting. Yeah, but uh, it's one of those things where my wife and I have lived here for maybe eight years, like no baby at all. And then all of the closets have become full in that time. So we're, we feel, we always feel at capacity. And now yeah. we're like introducing a whole new roommate who's going to need their own stuff and storage. So yeah, we'll undoubtedly have piles of things. You know, that actually might be a reason for me to build a smaller room or put like another two walls in. Because I, I did notice that when we moved into our house, like we didn't have a lot of stuff. We had an, an apartment amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. And within maybe six months, I think our house was full. Yeah. <laughs> so you you quickly expand. And I think that goes for kids stuff, too. If I give them a bigger room right out, out of the gate, like it's just going to be like two, like a crap load of stuff. <laughs> so maybe yeah. I should make them a smaller room to start. Yeah, then you can very quickly default to the excuse of, well, we just don't have room for that. Yeah. And no space, no off. space. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to go for sure. And the best way to go, I imagine. But uh, you also, your wife is like, she's notoriously very, very clean and organized. Yeah. She has always had a specific day of the week that is just a cleaning day where she wow. just likes to tear whatever it is that she's living in apart and just clean it to the core and then that makes her that's kind of like her relaxation her unwinding that's amazing that's wonderful it is it is except if you want to do something or you're planning something and then uh, it, it definitely gets in the way of cleaning day cleaning day takes precedence yes of course man it's a good problem to have though i'm not by any means a dirty person like i would consider myself a fairly clean person and uh she puts me to shame I can't keep wow. up with her. She yells at me all the time. Like I don't, I don't vacuum enough. And I'm like, that's cause you vacuum above my standard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, but that's, yeah, uh, that it's wonderful though. It's a really good way to live. If you've got that discipline, she sounds like she was in the military for years or something like all of her clothes are hanging up in a perfect line in the closet and everything. No, no. I think she's just always been tidy. Always yeah. enjoyed having clean things. Yeah. That's that, that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see like kind of the, um, what do you call it? Like the ultimate force meeting the immovable object of yeah. her cleanliness versus baby. Yeah. To see who wins that. Uh, it'll be her. Okay. She'll win it. <laughs> She's the ultimate force. Yep. I have faith in her. Well, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of apps that I've noticed. If anybody's um, you know, expecting a child, then there are numerous apps out there that you can use to sort of, uh, I don't know, help you track the progress of the the fetus and and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and definitely, it's a good idea. Yeah, my I don't have any in English, and I don't have any um, on my phone at all. My wife has a couple of them that she uses, and she shows me things. And I thought these were kind of interesting. And it's like um, I don't know. I have uh, my only experience with babies in the house is that I have two younger sisters, and when they were born, you know, you uh, I, I was a bit older. And so you kind of go through this, oh, a new baby in the house and let's take care of the baby and let's learn and, you know, do things uh, to support this baby. And so that all happened well before smartphones were invented. So I've yeah. never conceived of like new baby in the house. Plus, oh, there's this app that's taking you through it. And um, yeah. so this is all like totally new stuff to me. But um, my wife has uh, 
a couple of apps. One is called Ninaru, and that's in Romanji or just in the alphabets, like N-I-N-A-R-U, Ninaru. Is that just uh, a name or does that mean something? Oh, no idea. Absolutely no idea. Um, but uh, she is a, she's a Ninaru user and fan. And the nice thing about Ninaru is it uh, like you enter your due date and then it sort of on the main screen of the app, it shows you what your what the fetus is looking like in kind of an animation. So you've always got a sense of like how the baby's developing and it tracks the weeks at the top. But then also for whatever week you're on, Ninaru goes ahead and like outlines your plan of what you should be doing and what you should be buying and kind of, um, you know, so that you'll have all of this stuff that you need by the time the baby's born. It's like, oh yeah, this is a good week to buy A, B, and C. Go ahead and get that, tuck it away, and you'll need that later. So you can go into, um, you know, checklists of things that you need. There's little, you know, tips and advice. And then also you can visually kind of track what the baby's looking like. Uh, that's, that's all great. in Japanese, of course, but uh, it's really interesting to follow. Um, does your yeah. wife have anything like any of these apps? I think she has the same one, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I did just Google it. And Nidaru means to become. Oh, of course. Yeah. If the ni becoming. If that's what they're... Uh, referencing there, the naru is become, and then ni is the preposition. Yeah. Or if you want to get grammatical, it's technically a postposition. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, ni uh, something ni naru is to become whatever that thing is that you've said first. Mm. So yeah, becoming that makes sense. Yeah. Well, there's another uh, there's another app that my wife uses, and this one kind of blows my mind. It's um it's called Maternity, uh, but this is in katakana, so it's technically matanati. And there's a little plus sign after it, so it might be Matanati Pras. Oh, I think actually that's the one my wife has too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our, our wives are um, good friends, and I think they share most of this stuff, so they probably are all on yeah. the same apps. Uh, but uh, Maternity Plus is... Um, the main feature of Maternity Plus is you enter, of course, like the number of weeks pregnant you are, and then like in this digital 3D interactive model it shows you what the fetus looks like at that time. And wow. so you can get in there and zoom, you can spin, you can, you know, check out all the angles of the fetus and see the little face and everything. And of course, it's not based on what you look like, but it's like, this is how the development's going. And um, you can choose the race of the fetus. So huh. if, if you want to go, they don't have mixed races, but you can, you know, look at the white one, look at the Asian one, go back and forth kind of blend them in your mind or who are we kidding just or you know like ultimately just choose the asian one because that tends to be the i don't know if 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 you think this as well but it seems like the my wife always says like the asian dna is strong and the kids <laughs> the kids gonna have black hair the kids gonna you know from our perspective anyway it's gonna have a lot of the asian characteristics so we we stick to the asian baby gotcha. on maternity gotcha. yeah i don't know i just hope that my blue eyes are stronger than whatever oh interesting yeah the blue the only blue-eyed kid in his class i've seen a couple blue-eyed kids in japan it's rare but yeah i'm i'm crossing my fingers yeah very rare i think on the japanese um license they don't list eye color because it's just assumed your eyes will be dark that and, makes uh, sense <laughs> yeah there's no reason to so i've shown my american driver's license to some people and they're like it <clears> says <throat> eye color what why oh my god it's like a big surprise <laughs> but um yeah so uh the thing about it though the maternity app and um it's really it's it's crazily interactive like say the 
you know, you can picture the fetus at like 20 weeks, 25 weeks, where it weighs like a a pound or something. Mm. Um, But when you zoom, if you sort of touch the computer generated image of the fetus, if you touch it, then the the little animation will respond to what you've done. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's a creepy little interaction because you're dealing with the... A baby that you know is is way too small to be like interacted with in real life but uh you touch his arm and then his little arm will like jump over to the side or you touch his leg and he'll kick a little bit and uh, like the uh, old like tamagotchi toys (laughs) it's some next level tamagotchi i think they raised kids on tamagotchis in the 90s preparing them for the maternity plus app um, and I it, did just age myself by saying that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by having the Tamagotchi reference right in the holster. Yeah, we can tell how old you are exactly. Yeah. But the the one that blows my mind, though, you can touch the little baby's face and the baby smiles. And it's kind of creepy to me. That it's, sounds a little creepy. It's cute in its way, but it's also a little bit creepy if you think like this, this baby is so tiny. But here's what's amazing is you can you can rewind the clock and you can go back to the the early days of the pregnancy and you can get like week 5 week 6 or something and for all intents and purposes a fetus at week 5 looks like a sea creature i right. mean it looks like a, a seahorse or something yeah. and uh it's it's like a shocking look you know like you couldn't really differentiate between like a a fetus of a human or a fetus of a you know any other mammal at that age it's just like a, a little sea creature looking thing and uh but you can still touch the five week sea creature and interact with it no yeah and it blows <laughs> my mind it. but yeah you touch it and it looks exactly like it would look and you touch it and then it like sort of wiggles or something oh no this should not be happening <laughs> it's alarming and i think they need to draw a line like say maybe after like six months okay let's put in the smiles and let's make it react but in it's... app development you usually have this point where you're like all right what features do we need what don't we need and whoever cross-checked this one should lose their job yeah it's it's pretty weird but it's also somehow like um when you do the zoom and the spin and the touch and you get the little smile and everything you really feel like there's this connection you know because you've like sort of like as best you can you've matched the race and you've like you know put in your weeks and you feel like that's a representation of your baby and so it is nice but yeah they didn't draw the line properly to me yeah and it kind of freaks me out i'm sure a lot of parents do really enjoy that though yeah oh for sure it's probably one of their most used features yeah i like it too i would recommend it for sure just like the experience and then it's not uh maternity plus is not only that that's just one of the things you can kind of dive into that 3d model but uh, maternity plus has a lot of the features of ninaru as well but um yeah ninaru keeps it a little more like minimalist like animated style so it's it's not as alarming in that way but um anyway apps go download them yeah they are useful yeah i don't have any like parenting apps mark any apps no no i haven't thought about even downloading any yet yeah i haven't gone into it at all but my wife's doing the apps and we look at them kind of together so i feel like the base is covered yeah i'm kind of going old school with just the books right now i'm still diving into the what to expect books and uh kind of just reading those most of the time yeah me too i'm right there with you but yeah that's all i've got on app recommendations let's get into my question for you now yes let's do it so i did come up with a question for you so my question for you is what family traditions did you have as a kid that you want to keep doing or that you didn't have and that you want to start? And wow. I don't mean holiday traditions. And I'm not talking like 
everybody went to here on Thanksgiving or we all opened presents at 5 a.m. on Christmas. No, no, I'm talking like uh, just like average around the house stuff. Like Saturday night was movie night. We all got together. We watched a movie. It was cool. That kind of thing. Mm, okay. I'm going to have to take a time out and rack my brain for some traditions. Uh, my mind went to a couple of holiday ones, but um, yeah, like more personal things. Do you have any that you've got loaded up? I do. I do have some. Yeah. That's okay. No pressure. This is this is the harder question. I've asked a couple people this question so far, and it's a harder question than than you realize it is. Yeah. I feel like we didn't... Um, I mean, there must be some things. <laughs> uh, but... When you look back on it, it's hard to identify because it was just the norm. Okay. So uh, when I was a kid, we we didn't have many like weekly traditions that we followed or that we did. A lot of weekends, though, I would play board games with my mom. And so that was kind of the thing that I did growing up a lot. And so I really got into board games. Aside from that, we didn't have any kind of like standard days where, you know, we do this or that. So I want to start doing that with mm-hmm. my kids. One of the, one of the things I want to do is make like, and this may sound dumb, but like pancake Sundays mm-hmm. where like Sundays a day, we have pancakes as a family. We hang out, we do that and like do like a Saturday night movie night where we all just kind of get together maybe switch picking who picks what movie and we all just hang out i don't know if it'll if it'll work but that's kind of my plan for now yeah it sounds great and um i think i think it's all doable i can picture it all going down in your house and the the movie night on saturday and the uh like pancake sunday and things like that i think what people probably run into is like they're just so massively busy with whatever else. And then, you know, that thing kind of takes precedence over what you'd hoped to do with the, you yeah. know, the pancake Sunday. But yeah. I think you guys lifestyle, it's like out in the countryside and um, you uh, like, I don't know, just with your work schedule working from home, um, it seems like you can really set aside all that time and do exactly what you want to do. Yeah, I think we'll be able to. My, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm racking my brain for traditions that we had. And I guess we didn't have anything when I was growing up that was titled like, you know, that makes it leap out into my memory or leap out from my memory. Um, but uh, we didn't have anything like, oh, it's board game night or it's, um, you know, Saturday sandwich day <laughs> which right. would be a pretty bad tradition <laughs> we just eat sandwiches on saturday it's the only day you can have sandwiches <laughs> yeah exactly pretty strict but yeah we didn't have uh like named like big traditions that we got hyped about but we certainly did things routinely like uh basketball was just massive in my house uh growing wow. up like everybody played in one capacity or another everybody watched all levels of basketball and um there was a college team when i was growing up that was doing well at that time in the 90s in my hometown and so it was like every single home game we would go and uh, you knew all the players by name you know all that sort of thing so I love basketball to this day and maybe it's sort of a Kentucky thing culturally we just absolutely love basketball and there's a professional team in Ishikawa called the Kanazawa Samurais and um, they play their games very near uh, to where I live, Uh, you know, some of their home games, they have home games sort of dotted around Ishikawa, but uh, they play a lot of their home games, like just a 10 minute walk from my house. So I would love to um, get deep into and follow religiously the local basketball team. That would be a great thing to carry over. Is that like a professional level? What level do they play at? In Japan, it's the top professional level for sure. But um, Japan is not like so robust with the basketball. And right. so it's more it, baseball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, baseball. I mean, they have some of the best players in the world. Uh, typically, basketball is not like the 
the hallmark of Japanese sports. So yeah, they have, I mean, they'll have a top level basketball team, but it's just not, uh, it's nothing like the NBA and, you know, they'll have like the games feel a bit more local. Uh, but yeah, the Kanazawa, it was a few years ago, five or six years ago, they started up a pro team called the Kanazawa Samurais. Nice. Great name. Yeah. But, um, I think uh, something that I would like to do with the kid, and this is one of those things where just idealistically you set this out as a goal for yourself. I would love to have everything explained to the kid like in sort of clear terms. Like, you know how kids ask a million questions? Yeah. And uh, it's very I'm annoying. I'm actually looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I am too at this point. I'm I say, I say that, that now. <laughs> this is one that we'll look back on and like shake our heads. Like we were so naive. But it, yeah, it does seem like eventually you'll get overwhelmed by the crazy, crazy questions that kids ask. But right. um, I remember being a kid and being full of questions. And then I just really wanted to know things and uh, really wanted to pick them apart. And it annoyed me if I ever asked an adult a question and they wouldn't like hold my hand and take me through the explanation. So if my kid's yeah, anything like, like me, yeah, then I would like to explain things pretty fully. I don't know if that counts as a tradition, but it's something I would definitely like to do with the kid optimistically, which I'm sure will fall apart very quickly. Yeah, I'd say it's optimistic, but I think it's doable as long yeah, as you keep remembering. Sure. Yeah, I remember I asked someone once when I was a kid and I was, you know, six or seven years old. The question was, what if you had a car and there was an engine in the front that powered the front wheels? And an engine in the back that powered the back wheels. And so you had two different gas pedals and two different like brake pedals and everything. And then what if you what if you ran the front <laughs> a high level question? It's a high level question. Seven year old. This is the kind of stuff I wanted to know. What if you powered the front wheels, that engine and the front wheels on that gas pedal? What if you went fifty five miles an hour? And then what if the other gas pedal and the rear wheels you went fifty six miles an hour? What would happen? And I remember I asked an adult this and the adult said that's not how they make cars <laughs> and i was like come on but you see what i'm driving at though like what if uh yeah what if you had this sort of setup would one set of wheels make the others go faster or would the slower wheels you know spin or so like what would happen and it yeah. just uh, i was really curious about this and i never got a satisfactory answer i really wanted one and it was like a you know an imaginative thing to think through that i couldn't solve for myself yeah i don't i don't think anybody could give you the answer you want <laughs> yeah but i would like to <laughs> ideally because i know it frustrated me as a kid i would like to indulge a kid in those questions if they came you know, up you know what you need to do you need to go to elon musk with that and then he'll just make it yeah, i need musk <laughs> to run one off for me um if they were still doing car talk oh there's a question for him. oh yeah anyway so yeah good questions that is uh that's a good tradition-ish thing to do i think so yeah yeah oh question time with dad that could oh, be a yeah, that's thing. good what question do you have for old dad yeah <laughs> fire up my pipe light a fire get in the study open the dictionary uh, what every kid wants to do yeah and then the question will be you know where do babies come from and then we'll put out the pipe extinguish the fire <laughs> walk away from it and to move on i think the uh the next question I had was posed to Twitter. For those parenting in Japan, what's something you wish you'd bought or done before they arrive? Or alternatively, what's something you bought or did that wasn't needed? And I did get a couple of responses to this, and they both revolved around clothing and uh, not needing as much as they thought they did, because usually they got a lot of hand-me-downs and uh, family bought stuff for them. Uh, Smith and Tanaka at Smith and Tanaka 
on Twitter wrote, half the clothes we bought were not needed. Lots of hand-me-downs from family and friends. And then the Bean Pod at T Bean Pod wrote, between hand-me-downs and gifts from grandparents, I don't think we've ever bought clothes for our kids. Wow. That's reassuring. Yeah. I mean, his grandparents or their grandparents are pretty generous, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like um, child's clothes are used for such a brief window. You know, they fit into the clothes for a couple of months and then you got to move on. And so yeah. everybody's got a kid and everybody's just got all these extra clothes they need to get rid of at any given time. So yeah. the hand-me-downs, the, you know, Facebook market, or you hear about somebody's friend, you know, has a hundred baby items to get rid of. That seems to always be on the go. We put quite a lot of clothes on our um, Amazon registry just because it's an easy and cheapish thing if somebody doesn't want to spend a lot. Um, we thought, oh yeah, clothing options and they're, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks or something. So Dinner. we've already got a little stream of clothes. Uh, well, nothing's come in yet, but soon we did buy some stuff already. I think it's three months to six months range onesies that we bought, mm -hmm. uh, but I was really eager uh, and it had really cool designs to have to do with camping. And so I just couldn't resist. Nice. Yeah. If you want something cool like that, um, you know, like your chess themed onesies, uh, yeah. your your Rick and Morty onesies, you're going to have to go and get those for yourself probably. Do you think they have Rick and Morty onesies? They must have Rick and Morty onesies. The one I'm worried about is the chess themed onesie. I don't know if it's going to be out there. That that might... No, there's got to be like a, a rook or something. <laughs> a little rook, a little pawn maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, there's got to be. I can see that. It's the Rick and Morty because they're like, I don't know. They're questionable sometimes. Yeah, they are questionable, but that's half the fun <laughs> is something highly inappropriate on your baby who can't defend himself. <laughs> has no idea what you're doing to it. Yeah, yet. yeah. Um, I honestly, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but, um, you know, like as the kid grows up and gets into hobbies and things, you as the parent are a slave to those hobbies. And so if the kid is, I've we've got a good friend, this is uh, also the proprietor of the Bean Pod, uh, our friend has a kid who was into soccer for a few years. And so it was just, all right, well, soccer practices, soccer games, got to buy all the stuff, got to drive all the kids. And that's your life now, you know, because you don't want to stifle your kid's interest. But uh, at the same time, now that's your, you know, weekly, you're doing this errand many, many times and then watching like young soccer, young kids, soccer games and stuff. And so I was thinking, what's the What's the easiest and the least like labor intensive hobby? It's got to be chess. Just let the kid get absorbed in the chessboard, buy him a few chess books, and he'll occupy himself for hours. So I was like, what if I could get some chess stuffed animals? Just imprint early, like a big soft like stuffed rook and a knight and everything. Uh, just surround the kid with those. Get him off on the right foot. Couldn't find anything. I, I agree with this concept. However, I I would like to uh, steer you away from it a little bit. Uh -huh. Just from my own experience, when I was a kid, my dad loved golf, like loved it. Oh, yeah. I can remember having a set of clubs, I think when I was in elementary school or before, mm -hmm. that, he, that he personally made to my size. And I think because of that, I hated golf. <laughs> for like the first 20 years of my life yeah because like until i was a teenager he would drag me to the driving range it would just be like bucket of balls bucket of balls and i was just like there's so much stuff i would rather be doing like i do not <laughs> want to do this and so i just refused yeah. to play forever and so if you start going down that road you may push them into the other feeling 
of, of chess. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So to be I fair, warn you against that. Yeah. To be fair to the games, I mean, comparing golf and chess, I mean, golf is just the most boring thing, and then chess <laughs> is a lifetime. Uh, of... <laughs> we just lost two of our listeners. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my. Um, I don't have any real designs on this. I don't have any real like hope that it's going to work. But I did yeah. on the Amazon registry. I looked for like stuffed chess pieces and they don't exist (laughs) it was just not out there and i thought come on there's a market you gotta you gotta open that up we got the world chess championship right around the corner i think it's starting november 24th so now is the time fide (laughs) if anybody uh cares to learn about fide the uh chess the international chess body they should start marketing two things i have no ideas about the world chess tournament and a, a person named fide <laughs> fide it's like fifa <laughs> or fiba fide oh it's not a person yeah yeah it's the organization it's the uh, fédération internationale des échecs wow. which is the uh yeah the international chess body come on fide get on it I, I need some stuffed animals for my kids yeah i'm surprised they don't have it yet yeah they should be there is that all from our our social media interaction yeah yeah i did post another question that maybe i'll post i'll I'll pose here because uh, this is a topic I'm actually really curious about. So if anybody has any information on this, I'd be really interested to hear from you. And uh, that question is, has anyone taught their kids baby sign language in Japan and how did it go? Uh, so far, I haven't heard any responses and don't know anybody who's done that. But uh, it's something that I've definitely been interested in and I'm eager to find out how to do it. Yeah, cool. The baby sign language game. That's uh, interesting to me. I don't foresee myself going down the baby sign language road but um it's very interesting and i know people who have done it so um yeah i would love to hear more opinions yeah i think it's pretty interesting because they say that kids who learn uh just even a little bit of sign language before they learn how to speak are more communicative when they get older mm-hmm. and they're less likely to be like shy or like introverted in in some areas and on a side note not related to babies i did teach my dog some sign language when i was training her and so i know Mm. it's pretty easy to do if my dog can pick up some hand signals then i'm pretty sure my baby should be okay with it yeah have you ever seen the mats where the dogs can push different buttons and then it speaks i have it's kind of a plasticky device and yeah that's not good remember remember congo amy pretty gorilla that's (laughs) (laughs) your dog could be like i thought that was the greatest movie when that came out I really yeah. did. I love that movie. It was so sad. <laughs> Congo was solid in the 90s for sure. But I picture yeah. your dog, Isla, just commenting on how beautiful she is all the time. <laughs> just touching the yeah. same buttons over again. All she's doing, feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> I'm beautiful. Feed me. And then there's a, a broken like sign language pad out in the front yard. It would just be burned in my fireplace. Yeah. Let's get on into our uh, Japanese of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You've got something interesting today, don't you? Yeah. I will be reading a note from a Japanese textbook. This book is called Yokoso, which means welcome. It's an invitation to contemporary Japanese. I think this book came out in like 99 or something. It's a bit of an old like 500 page hardcover textbook, as you might see in a school. And um, there's a note on talking about fathers in Japanese. So I thought I would read this note. And it's pretty good uh, this to explain, like, if you're unfamiliar with Japanese, there are levels of respect that get layered into everything that you might want to say. And so uh, this is kind of indicative of that. Anyway, the My Father, Your Father note from page 339 of the Yokoso textbook. It says, 
In Japanese, there are at least two words for identifying each family member or relative, one word for identifying your own family member or relative, and another for identifying someone else's. For example, chichi refers to the speaker's own father. So chichi, this is a, a bit of good Japanese. And otosan refers to someone else's father. So chichi means your own father. Otosan means someone else's father. But otosan can also mean your own father. Well, this is why Japanese is so complicated, I think. Um, mm. It says chichi is humble while otosan is respectful. So the word, uh. the word otosan, that o in the beginning <clears throat> is w- one of the common uh, sort of prefixes they put on a word to make it respectful. It said you would never call someone else's father chichi. So it is right. redundant. It's redundant to say watashi no chichi, like my father. You wouldn't need the my because it's already humble. So people know it's your own father. Right. Similarly, when asking someone about his or her father, just use otosan. In that context, it would mean your father. You don't have to say the your because it's already respectful, so you know it's for someone else. Uh, These two sets of terms for family members reflect the careful distinction between in-group and out-group in Japanese language and society. So if we just read this note, you would assume that you're, you would call, oh, I'm going to call my father Chichi, and I'll call someone else's father Otosan. But in practice, it actually doesn't work like that at all, because right. I know my wife calls her father Otosan. And yeah. the reason she does this is because within the family, uh, you know, the father deserves the respect, the filial piety, I think they call it. And so you would call your own father to his face, call him Otosan to show that you're showing some respect to him. But then if you're talking about him to someone else, then it's like, oh, in my family, I'm going to lower us down a bit. So I'll call him Chichi to this other person. Right. And that is what makes Japanese. That's like a little sliver of a window into why Japanese, in my mind, is like on Star Trek when they play the three dimensional chess with all these boards hovering above one another and other languages are just checkers. And Japanese has all these levels of respect. And depending on who you're talking to, who you're talking about, what's the context, you'll need to choose all of the words very carefully. Yeah, it's quite infuriating sometimes to deal with that stuff and think you have the right thing. And then you're just like, slapped in the face again with the wrong (laughs) thing yeah (laughs) i used the right word but i didn't gauge the situation in the right way and i've made a fool of myself are you gonna go with uh dad or pop or papa what what are your plans for you know whatever you want your kid to call you i haven't landed on anything yet um this uh My father, your father lesson from the textbook is just like the tip of the iceberg because young children, uh, you know, it's just difficult to say, you know, when you're a few months old. So um, young children tend to say papa and mama. And those Mm. are the the words that a, a child would use. But then at some point in a kid's life, they must transition from papa into otosan when they can say it. So I don't know how that works, but um, I don't like the otosan because I don't like sort of reinforcing this like you know well give me the respectful title son you know right. like i just don't want that to be the norm in the household yeah. it'll be a bit weird if i just go straight justin don't want the kid to call me justin i guess and then papa is not something i've used before but i could i could see myself defaulting into that i mean you've got papa hemingway ernest hemingway was called papa so i could take pride in that so i've got the same nickname as hemingway that would be good but huh. uh, i don't i haven't landed on anything in particular is what i mean to say do you have anything that you would like to be called i don't know i i don't have a preference i definitely have things i don't like otosan mm-hmm. for sure chi chi uh-huh. um and papa I, I feel like papa is more a uh, grandfather 
term. Yeah. Maybe because I knew a couple grandfathers named Papa. And so yeah. that's always stuck. I've never known a dad named Papa. Yeah. I feel like the kid um, is going to be like the overwhelming influence on the kid in Japan is all of the people speaking Japanese around the kid. And all of those people are going to say like, oh, that's your Papa. That's your Papa. And I think, you know, all of the Japanese family members will probably reinforce the Papa thing. So I bet Papa is like at least half unavoidable. It's going to be out there a lot. I don't think so, because I'll be sure to have a talk with some of them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you'll set them straight on the Papa business. But you would have to like, you would have to stake a claim there and say, I want to be called this. And, yeah, uh, I might have to put my foot down. But yeah. it's kind of the same in English where like, you know, when the kid's like talking to somebody, they're like, oh, who's your father? Who's your father? No, no kid goes home and says, hey, father. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds weird. Yeah. So it might just be one of those things where they learn like, oh, this is what other people call you, but I don't have to call you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tricky business, this naming. And um, yeah, one of those things that's probably good to decide and then come out strong and then hope everybody falls in line. Yeah, I've thought about this. A lot like nicknames in in that in general. Like if I have a boy, like I'm probably gonna call him dude or little dude. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's just inevitable. <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. And so I'm half expecting them whenever they're old enough to just call me dude <laughs> at some point. Man. And I'm kind of okay with that. Like if they just want to call me dude, I'm I'm okay. That's a very like chill big Lebowski <laughs> attitude to take to the I may have the... to start drinking white Russians, but they are a little too sweet for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can water down a white Russian, you'll be well on your way. I got a sweet rug though. It ties the room together. <laughs> I know that rug. Yeah, you'll yeah, that's it's a tough one. I need to land on something. But ultimately I'm like sixty percent happy with Papa, then the issue is going to be if we go with Papa, then I'll have like a 14 year old at some point calling me Papa and everybody will make fun of him. So that's trouble. Yeah, they'd probably just shorten it to Pa or Pop sounds very Kentucky-ish, at least from my perspective. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's extremely uh, Kentucky-ish. It's like countryside in the 1940s uh, <laughs> Kentucky-ish. Pa, pa. Um, nice. Yeah, I think um, I might, uh, oh, I don't know. I'll have to make a decision. I'll have to make a firm decision. But for now, I'm good with Papa, I think. Right. Yeah, we got some time. Well, uh, that's Japanese of the day. Yeah, and I think and... that about wraps up our episode for today, too. Yes, sir. Unless you have any last minute things. No, I am A-OK. Yeah, so with that, I'd just like to say thanks to uh, Smith and Tanaka on Twitter, at Smith and Tanaka for answering our question and the bean pod at T bean pod for also answering our question. And if anybody else has any questions or comments, they'd like to send us on Twitter. You can do so at J pops podcast and we'll answer you or, or feature those in one of our episodes. Yeah. Thanks for the interaction. That's uh, what we're really looking forward to with all this. If we can get some questions out there and get some answers. I mean, yeah, we're uh, of course not the best to give advice because we haven't been through the whole parenting thing yet yet but it was really interesting to me to hear you know oh yeah the clothes are going to come flooding in don't even buy the clothes that's good practical advice so i'm glad uh, people chimed in on twitter so do more of that everybody and if you're not on twitter uh send us an email info at thejpops.com all right that about does it so it. thanks everybody yep have a good one Bye, later <laughs> <laughs>